0: No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are, and this message is for you. Welcome to my village. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rutledge Perspective podcast, and this is week four of Women's History Month, and I am thrilled to have these three women as my guests, and you will see as we go through this conversation just how amazing they are. Um, This corporate posse that I have that I'm so blessed to have in my life because I truly would not have made it as long as I did in that last role without these three women that you're gonna meet tonight. So I'm gonna give you a really brief overview of their bios and then you're gonna be able to get the full information on them in the show notes. So we're gonna start with Dina Clark and she just began her new role at Skanska USA building as the company's first Senior Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion. She also served as Cavestro's LLC's Head of Diversity and Inclusion in North America. She was the first for that one, too. And prior to Cavestro, she served as the Senior Director of Equity and Advocacy for the YMCA of Greater Pittsburgh. She's also been the Executive Director of Western Pennsylvania Diversity Initiative. I mean, the girl has just done so much. Um, she has a Bachelor's Degree in Psychology and Child and Family Studies from Syracuse, a Master's Degree from Duquesne, and she is in the process of finishing her doctorate in education from Point Park University. So that is Dina Clark. And again, there's so much more, you'll get to read that in her full bio. Next, I have Alita Richards, who is the amazing and the only senior vice president African-American female at the company where she is right now. She is the global head of specialty films for CAVESTRO. And the global business is headquartered in Dormagen. So she is joining us from North Carolina tonight, which is great, um, but she is going to be in Dormagen, Germany for a while. She has been at Bayer slash Covestro for 30 years and has experience in marketing and sales and product management and human resources and general management. Alita joined the board of directors for crime science and technology in Lille, France as well. So, you know. Global board, global person. What are you gonna do? Um, She has uh, received both her bachelor's degree and MBA um, from an international business from the University of Pittsburgh. And she received her doctorate in business administration from Georgia State University. So that is Alita. And then last but not least is Lanier Robertson. And Lanier joined Sabic as the human resources leader for the Americas region. And her responsibilities have grown to include global leadership now for their future of work and the new norm program. She has also been the VP of HR for North America at Covestro, um, where she was really responsible for the successful integration and implementation of the new North America HR program or department. She is regarded as a trusted advisor, business partner, coach, and mentor to emerging HR professionals and executives across the globe. And a true Texan, Lanier holds her BBA with honors from Lamar University in Beaumont. So welcome these wonderful women. I cannot wait to have this conversation. And again, please go, if you're listening to this audio, I encourage you to go to my website, laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can actually see the video of them as well. And you will be able to join us on Thursday, the 24th of March, and be able to catch them live on Fireside and be able to ask questions directly. So ladies, you know I, I wanted to end this Women's History Month With the three of you, because many of the people that I work with and people that follow or send me questions are in that corporate space right now. They are either trying to stay there and climb the ladder, whatever that means for them, or they're thinking about transition, but they're just trying to be and exist with the least amount of pain and drama and madness as possible. And as we know, not only can corporate America be just toxic in general, Uh, but it can really be toxic for women and Black women in particular. And so you guys and my experience with you as part of my corporate posse really made it possible. And I want to, in this Women's History Month, really think about and, and support and highlight the amazing kind of relationships that we can develop within those corporate spaces. So I want to start with this. If you think back, To your experience, whether it's (laughs) conventional or somewhere else, right? What has been the biggest thing for you in terms of being able to find the woman in particular, the woman that would become a true confidant for you in your corporate kind of lifespan? I'll start with you, Dina.
1: Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and happy Women's History Month to everybody. Yes. Um, I think for me, it's really watching people navigate space, whether it's toxic space or culture, you you, you know what you have to do to survive yourself mm-hmm. and you look for some of those same cues in other people. I certainly saw it firsthand in everybody that's on this panel mm-hmm. um, and I respected it. So the first thing is you watch how people navigate. You start to listen to see if they're aligned or not aligned, and then hopefully develop authentic, genuine, but somewhat strategic relationships, um, because you want to make sure you can trust the people in that posse. You want to make sure that you're not making assumptions about the journey. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's all about authenticity and being genuine and being able to trust. And so, um, yeah, but for me, that first pass was really watching how you move first. Watch how you move. (laughs) I love Um, that. I love that. And if you, if you piggyback
0: on that kind of that watching how people move and then figuring out who you can trust, you know, Alita, you've been doing this a long time and in the chemical industry too. So for your, your perspective, how did you find those people? And there weren't a whole lot either. So how did you find those people who became part of your posse?
2: I I think Dean is absolutely right. Um, It's, it's building that, that, uh, trust relationship. I call it venting time, right? Uh, it's, uh-huh. it's finding those, those, those ladies, those folks, uh, and particularly those sisters
0: uh-huh.
2: um, that that you can have a conversation with. They'll be honest with you. They'll give you the honest feedback and candid feedback. They'll tell you, if, ah, you know what, I, I, I know what you're thinking, but yeah. you might be off or, <laughs> or you're absolutely <laughs> right. You shouldn't take that. Um, but then it doesn't come back in a different form. I think all of us have connected with someone and you thought you were having this confidential and trustful conversation. And then two days later, it comes back at you from somebody else that had nothing to do with the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I can say, and that's why we're still all very close, that if I talked to any of you, I knew um, you would be supportive, right? You Mm -hmm. would listen, um, you would be engaged, I could vent trust. I could say the craziest things to any of you guys. Right. Um, but then you'll also give me honest feedback. You'll keep it real with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. I think that's that's what you need in corporate America. You have to find those folks that, um, and, and I would say it's not that we all agree on right. everything, on every point, but we respect each other enough to listen and to appreciate mm-hmm. Um and just have your back. I guess, I guess that's the best way to put it, right? Just have your back, right?
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And and thinking about that that trust in those confidential conversations. And and you're right. I think each one of us have, have been in those situations where all of a sudden, something you thought you said in confidence comes back at you and usually twisted, right? Usually twisted all kinds of ways. And then you're having to try to clean stuff up. And, and so Lanier, if you think about that, kind of taking that next step, not only that trust piece, right, but but you too been in that that chemical and that oil and gas, and you know it's so it's not necessarily gender diverse, much less ethnically diverse. How did you really you know find those those connections, but also when you did figure out that it wasn't quite it, how did you manage through that and get to the ones that were real?
3: Yes, so again, I agree with you know everything that's that. Um, You know, you guys have said tonight um, and, you know, you can see people and and whether they're authentic and the trust factor and whether, you know, things come back to you or not. It's a very small world Mm -hmm. and people are happy to let you know when people have you back and when they don't. Right. Yes. And especially in HR. Mm -hmm. But I think the other piece, too, when when you know you have that real sister relationship and we talked about this before is Mm -hmm. even when even when you know you you agree Mm -hmm. that person uh you know we've had these conversations that they'll also play devil's advocate with you or say. but even if have you considered the other person's Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. like pushing you beyond your limits making you Mm -hmm. better you, even if you don't you know we can agree to disagree or we can agree but consider this to making you a better person just because we we want to be better we're not going to be petty right we're not going to rise above mm-hmm. and you know, we, we used to pick at you about having your lauralisms or you know
1: yes. you know have
3: yeah. these little expressions right uh, yeah. a high tide you know will raise mm-hmm. the or something like that and you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> um That's when you know, yeah, you know, that somebody is going to push you. They're not going to just tell you what you want to hear or just agree or that's when you know that's the person.
0: Right. Yeah. it. You know, it when I think back at our time together, because we all were at at Covestro together and and just the the relationships that that we developed, it is it's something, you know, that's in your gut. So for those of you who are early in your career, they're just trying to figure this out really be still and pay attention, right? Because I always say people will listen to what you say, but they will believe what you do. You need to watch how people move. Like you've heard these three ladies say, watch how people move, not yeah. just what they say, what are they doing, right? And so when I think about that, I remember, so Alita and I met um, when I was first promoted to um, VP of HR, and we were on both on the HR team. And I remember walking into that room and having a conversation, we were about to implement something nuts. And I remember having this conversation with Alita and she's like, look, so when we get back, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> here's how we're going to go through this process. And here's what you need to know. And here's who the people are. That's what this means. And so Alita, right. when you think about helping, helping people navigate and helping people understand and really getting connected to somebody, a lot of it's about those landmines. So how do you determine not only what the landmines are, but how you're gonna help someone else navigate through those man- landmines.
2: Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think, and, and I was thinking about this, Lanier, when you were finishing up and Dina from what, something you said about watching how people move. Mm-hmm. I think all of us, even the people who are listening, you, you have known people in particularly corporate America that they're all about themselves. Yes. They're all about their promotion, their job, their reputation. Um, and what they do is kind of tainted with that. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do is, you know, after you've been anywhere for 30 years, you kind of know who the folks are who genuinely care about folks. I, I, yeah. I have some, some folks that I've been friends with now for, you know, 20 years, a gentleman mm-hmm. who lives in Germany. Um, and, and he really doesn't have, it's all about the community, the person, the mm-hmm. colleague it was really, really never about him. You never had to worry that he was gonna leave a conversation and twist what you said. And all right. of a sudden, that, okay, that is not what I was talking about, nothing, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it helps when folks that have either have more experience mm-hmm. or folks that have been in a situation longer to be able to tell you, okay, look, Lanier is a person you can go talk to. She's going to tell you straight up what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to let you know what's happening, who you can talk to. You know, you, I don't think you want to go talk to Patrick because Patrick's all about Patrick. Right. And so if you approach Patrick, this is how you need to do that. I think it's mm-hmm. it's at least sharing the lessons that you've that you've lived through, yes. right? And, and letting people know where, as you put it, some of those landmines and potholes are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you don't have to go through that. Right. Why should you have to go through that if I've already been through? Right. Um, and and I think and I put it this way, because I trust the three of you so much. If you were to give me feedback about someone to trust or someone to go mm-hmm. to or someone I could get um, advice from or somebody to watch and, and be mindful of and be right. careful of, I am going to instantaneously take that advice mm-hmm. because I trust you. And I think right. that's what you do in your career. Over the years, you figure out who really has your back, who's going to make sure you're okay, who's going to tell you when you screwed up and you need to do something different because, okay, yes. you know what? You really were wrong. Yes. <laughs> right? And you going to say, nope, it is because you're a Black woman and you need to speak up and you need to do this, this, and this. Yes. Um, I think that's what's important. And sharing that then as you progress through your career with the folks that are coming after you, I think is also mm-hmm. pretty important. No, I love that
0: because, you know, my dad told this story, um, it's a fable of the crow and you can you can actually catch it in one of my earlier podcasts. Um, and one of the the, the ultimate message in the story is, you know, everyone who dumps on you, isn't your enemy and mm-hmm. everyone who lifts you up and shakes you off, isn't your friend. Mm-hmm. So you have to be discerning. You have to be so discerning. And I remember Lanier, we, Lanier and I first met at a project. We actually were working at separate companies. We met on a project that happened to bring our two companies together. And I remember at one point in the project, we had um, an interesting situation (laughs) with someone and, um, and she and I got on the phone and she's like, um, did they really say that? And I said, actually, they did say that. And she said, well, so I'm not sure that's something we want to move forward with. And I said, and I wouldn't either, right? I wouldn't either. Now, mind you, we were working at two different companies right? We were in a project trying to do something that was going to connect the two, right? But in that moment, I had a choice about how I was going to respond to her. And I could have said, no, 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 this is what our agreement was. But I'm thinking, wait, if I were in her shoes and this had happened, that would not be okay with me. And I think in that moment, in that conversation, at least for me, in that moment, in that conversation, I was like, this is someone I can work with because we were able to work through that and make a decision and move forward effectively. Lanier, when you think about, not necessarily that project, but when you think about kind of those landmines for people and developing those relationships, kind of as Alita was saying, how do you go through and decide, you know, here's some things you need to watch out for, but here's some things, you know, that you really need to, to do
3: or not do. So if I go back to that example that you just used, because that was very early on before we really knew each other very well, Um, you stood on values. In fact, we both stood on values, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That situation put us squarely in um, our decision-making based on values, because there's no playbook, especially in in, um, HR. Lots of times it's, it's very black and white, especially if you're operating in, um, you know, um, law or mm-hmm. safety or, you know, it's this or that or whatever. But when you get into the HR space, it can be ambiguous and, you know, you, you're navigating and you're using a lot, way more art than science. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was squarely about values. We could have gone either way. We could have. But when you think about it, yeah, that's that's where we landed. And that's where you build, where you can just see people. Um, is this somebody that, you know, I can see myself working with side by side, am I gonna walk on fire, walk, you know, through fire, right, or this person, um, go to the battlefield, would they have my back, whether I'm there or not, what mm-hmm. can I trust them, whether I'm in the room or not, you know, what's the conversation going to go like, and I think, you know, from that point forward, it was, there was no question, right. um, and, and of course, when, um, as we progress through that project and then other opportunities, um, yeah. when I called you later, just like, look, I'm having a moment. I mm-hmm. just, you know, need an answer again. We're working for different companies, been in very similar situations. Yeah. I just put a hundred percent trust in her and, and no looking back. Well, so and and, you know, and to this day we still do it. We yes, still do it. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do, and and you're right. It's that. It's
0: an idea of that one moment, that definitive moment mm-hmm. that lets you know where someone stands. And Dina, you're one person that I think, one, you read people really well, You read mm-hmm. people really well. And you are so observant because I remember there've been a few times when you've come up and said, did you see, you know, X, Y, Z, did you catch? And, and most of the time I do just because I've been watching for it for a long time, but your skills of observation are beyond many that I've ever seen. So how do you, when you are working with people and you are moving into new environments or you're trying to navigate a new space, what is advice you would give to people on that, that ability to really be observant, like unbiased observation, so you're getting good information?
1: Well, it's twofold. You have to, this work or doing diversity work, you have to watch things all the time. Mm -hmm. And that includes body language. So, um, It's critical that you're watching, but Mm -hmm. know that people are watching you watch too. And so what becomes important is when an alliance or a trust is discovered, like through this group, Mm -hmm. that's not something people always want to be comfortable with. So you have two things. You're watching people to figure out how to navigate the space you're in. Mm -hmm. And then you also have people watching you, not only watching what you do, but some want to bust this up. So to me, you have to have... Not only the resilience, but the um, strength Mm -hmm. and consistency to not only make sure you're nourished and skilled and nurturing your own skill set so that you don't miss a step watching people, but also know how you let people know that when they're watching you, you don't show all your cards either. So I think it's just yeah. twofold. Know that people are watching you as a leader, but then continue to take care of yourself so that your skill set and yeah. watching others doesn't, doesn't drift off or, or um, become reduced in some way. Um, but other than that, I just have you keep at it. Yeah. You keep at it and become more skilled. You notice those eye twitches and <laughs> <laughs> sniffles and whatever else goes with yes. it, and you use it to your advantage because people will tell on them themselves eventually.
0: Oh, they so will. They so will. And I, there've been so many times when Dina, she says eye twitches, she's, and and you guys may think she's kidding, but she will often come to you. Did you see, I was watching him because his eyes were twitching. I was
3: going to ask her, can I tell the eye twitching part? Like, no, no, it's, you know, two twitches and and three in between. And you're like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) It's all these tells, right. That, you know, and, and, and for, for Dina, you know, she says that trusting, cause, cause here's the thing that's still real, you know, if more than two black people gather, somebody thinks you're plotting something, right? Yep. We ju- just know that that is still true today. That is still true today, but that doesn't mean you have to change who you are. And it doesn't mean that you have to, it's, it's one thing to assimilate, right? It's one thing to understand the environment in which you're operating, It's another thing to twist yourself into a pretzel to try to fit in. And if you are in pretzel mode, it is time to get really clear and make a decision to do something else because nothing is worth you being in a pretzel mode. Nothing, nothing, no, not all money is good money and no money is worth you being in a pretzel. Now you might need to make a plan because you don't want to hurt you because you're mad at them, but don't stay in that craziness just because you feel like you don't have a choice because you always have a choice. And so Dina, as you Thinking about what you just said, kind of that, that trust factor and listening actively, like watching body language for you, because this was, you tell me all the time, you're like, this was my first corporate you know job. I can't believe it. And I never would have believed that guys, the way she really came in and did some things. Cause this is, this is someone, when you look at her profile, who is truly operating in her genius, truly operating in her genius. So when you think about how you now came and had to navigate something completely new, The people weren't new because people are people, but an environment that was new. What was one of the key learnings for you in your success?
1: You know, it's funny because I just thought about this. Someone else asked me a similar question last week. Um, (laughs) I think one of the things is that I didn't fully know that the job I knew here, but it hadn't absorbed here how big the job was and how it would be influencing people. It didn't sort of merge for me or click yeah. for me until I was in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad for that because I would have probably gotten in my own way. Yeah. Um, and I when I took this new job, there's none of that now. so I'm grateful for that lesson. Mm-hmm. And I would say, trust what you know. You're right. People are the same. There are different resources in corporations, mm-hmm. but people have the same challenges. similar challenges. And you have to trust what you know, that you're brought to the table for a reason you're doing this work authentically and that you're trying to make a difference. But I do think I used to have a file um, called nice notes. So you have to keep yourself inspired. Yeah. So it's not just trusting what you know, but being open to learning more things. So I could, I could come in and be like, well, I know this. I'm not, well, that's not going to help if I'm not listening. And if I'm not allowing myself to be guided And each of you have guided me multiple times, which I appreciate, and I absorbed it so that I can pay it forward to whomever I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. But then you also have to nurture yourself. You have Mm -hmm. to make sure all of us have those days where you want to rip your hair out, where you feel like, is anyone listening? I had Mm -hmm. a file called Nice Notes and I would, anytime there was anything good that happened, I'd stick it in a file Mm -hmm. and I'd go back and look at those things. And sometimes that just gave me the extra breath to roll up my sleeves higher, go back in, square my shoulder. What is it? Chin up ladies, if not right? the crown. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, so I feel like those three things, um, yeah. you know, being able to trust what you know, being able to, you know, make sure you nurture yourself and mm-hmm. keeping yourself open to be guided by trusted people.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, and Alita, you know, that, that leads me to you because I mean, we went through a lot, my friend, (laughs) we went through a lot, so many and so much madness, right? And so, so much, um, so little integrity from a lot of people, right. That we then had to try to figure out how not only to fix for our people, right. To fix for our people, but then to find a way to, to make sure we're calling it out that speaking truth to power. Mm -hmm. but it is very different for Black women speaking truth to power. And you now are this global head, right? Of plastic. I mean, it's incredible in this company. And as I said, in the bio, the only Black woman in this senior level position in this huge company, which is a whole different conversation for another day. But if you think about all of this stuff you've been through, the challenges, the, the false accusations, right? The stuff that Other people did, and it was just passed over. But if we even got close to that, it was like Armageddon. Mm -hmm. What for you do you tell people? I mean, 30 years, man. How do you do that? How do you do that?
2: Oh, um, I I think it's 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 really it's really having the folks that help you get through. I mean, you said it at the beginning, I would have never made it if it weren't for the folks on the phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, on this call, um, I, I wouldn't have made it if it weren't for, and I think it it really got tough because Laurel, you have to see a lot of tears and a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger and a lot of venting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about it, if you hadn't have been someone that I could trust at that period of time, it would have been um, horrendous. If you weren't in your position to help me, because I know you did. If you weren't in the position to help me out of the situation that I, you know, that I was in, it would have been horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of, of Lanier as being that strong Black woman that set that expe- expectation for me that you don't have to assimilate, right? You you can mm-hmm. be yourself. You can be assertive. You can speak your mind. And so I always looked at Lanier that way. Yeah. And Dina always kicked my behind. To be that better inclusive manager right yeah. um and and she just would expect stuff from you and make you better mm-hmm. and so in this and that would have been what that would have been like 15 years and i know we've we really through her longer right it's a long time <laughs> um i don't see how i would have made the journey because we talked about this Mm -hmm. We like we all of us have been together in different parts. It's like we all four weren't together all at the same time. Right. It's kind of like it's it's this journey that each one of us, and I speak for myself, Mm -hmm. that one of you was always in a part of my life when I needed it the most Mm -hmm. to be that rock in that that center. Mm -hmm. And I think you said it, Lanier, to be that ethical base because everything is crazy. And people are acting just a fool and yes. and stuff around you is just going, and the world is getting crazy, right? Yes. Although the four of us haven't been together in what's been going on politically the last few years, mm. we can still call and have our conversations and yes. vent and talk and connect. And so I think that's that's what it is. It's finding those folks, the, the, your soul partners to help you mm-hmm. through because you need somebody to get through. I love that. Soul partners.
0: I'm going to have to remember that
2: soul partners. Cause
0: that's what it is. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Well, and, and Lear, I mean, I, I truly, when, when we had that project together and then when I moved and took the new role and you're, and, and I think we connected some kind of way and you're like, um, Laurel, and I said, you sure you want to come back? Are you sure you want to come back? Cause you know, you, you know what this is, right? And I mean, I'm so glad that we had that conversation because Honestly, here's, here's the thing about HR. And so many of you who are listening will not be HR people. Many of you are. But here's the thing and, and, a, and a, a really important piece that I want you to know about HR people. It is very lonely at the top for executives, of course, because there's not a lot of people you can talk to, right? It is, it is very, very lonely. The loneliest place in an organization is human resources. And it's the loneliest place because you know everything, You know, absolutely everything. And, and because you know everything, there is an additional burden, not only to hold the company accountable for the culture that they say they want. HR is not responsible for the culture. We are responsible for ensuring that the organization operates in a way it says it wants to. That's the role, right? But that that HR thing, the pressure of HR, I don't want you guys to get it twisted. There are some really horrible HR people, but people who are fantastic HR people, you don't know what they're dealing with on a regular basis because there's stuff that they can't tell anybody. And so had it not been for Lanier coming on and then having Dina and having having Alita, it it just wouldn't have been possible because there's things you can't say. And so Lanier, when you think about how you navigated, you know, I left, you just picked it up. It was like seamless for you to jump in there. What would you tell somebody as you think about that role, think about the roles before, the role you're in now, what's the advice you would give to someone to really navigate and stay if this is what you want? These are the things you got to be ready to do or not do.
3: So honestly, those were some of the toughest days of my life. (laughs) I, uh, because first of all, I I didn't aspire to the role. So I didn't see myself, you know, um, being in that place. Um, And and so that's the first thing that I would say to people that um, you should be open to even when you think something is not an opportunity, because I didn't want you to go. None Mm -hmm. of us did. None of us on the call because we were all there at the same time in different places and we didn't see ourselves being there without you. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was you know uh so first of all we had to accept that and then we had to embrace your dreams that Mm -hmm. that you had and your vision that you have for your future Mm -hmm. and when you care about someone then you have to put them first so that was the first thing we had to do and um, then personally it wasn't my aspiration even though uh, we knew that our I, I was your emergency s- successor. We never think of that as kind of like, you know, insurance benefits. You want them there, but you don't want to use them, right? We use those. So then there's that acceptance piece. And then how do you do that? And of course, um, you know, the way I, I felt about you and your leadership and there were, you know, you had, there were these enormous shoes to fill and I had no idea how to do it. Right. And I knew, I know I'm not you. There are things that, you know, I I appreciate so much about you taught me so many things like every day. Um, but I, I couldn't be the other black girl and that I had to break because that's what it was. If we just Mm -hmm. tell the truth, it's, you know um because we're both black women it was there was this huge expectation that i was going to be you Mm -hmm. and i'm not Mm -hmm. and um so those were some of the hardest days uh to to uh uh find my own way to lead in a very Mm -hmm. um uh difficult challenging, in very difficult challenging times and you know Mm -hmm. all the the gender biases we face the racial biases we face Mm -hmm. and a in, a, um, in an environment that, that's full of traditions that we were trying to change. Um, and so I would say that um, I stood up to it and I hope that, you know, was better for, uh, when I joined, when I left, then when I joined it as it was when you carved it out um, and made it a better way for us. And I'm glad I did it because I think it, it set me up for future, future success, mm-hmm. but it was very, difficult and uh, more difficult than it needed to be I would say that too
0: yes
3: (laughs) um but I made it we made it and could not have done it without you know this this circle on the phone that was critical yeah well and I
2: think
0: what you said is so important is that when you are the only or one of very few when things start to move around someone leaves someone else comes in it's like this automatic you're just you're almost seen as plug and play, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's the next quota. Well, we had one, so let's just get another one, right? Mm -hmm. And we are not the same and being able to stand in your own power and who you are because Mm -hmm. you can't be anybody else effectively. You just can't. You're not gonna be able to do the things as someone else did them. And guess what? If you're in there, that means times have changed. That means you need to do it the way you need to do it because it's just not the same place when people move.
3: And there's so and much was,
0: power in that.
3: With the leader and Dina being there, you know, you need somebody to. Yes. that they're over there in your corner saying it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. You look to your left and your right and you find yes. two very powerful women like yourself saying it's okay. It's okay. And, and it's important for this,
0: this corporate posse. And the reason I wanted to have this is I really want, I really want women in particular, especially Women's History Month. We have the tendency to say women don't support women and you know and there's some of that there's some of that you know where there's only one spot right so i'm going to make sure that i get it because you know we can only have one woman in something there's some of that i think it's minimal but there is some and what's important is that you find your posse you've got to find your posse because Mm -hmm. the ability to survive that madness because there will be not only people who are not supportive there will be people who are actively working for your downfall. Yeah. Actively. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as Dina talked about, that whole idea of really paying attention and listening and watching body language, there are a lot of people who will be nice to you and they can't wait until you turn around. They cannot wait. And so you've got to really be paying attention to that. So so as we as we end this, and, and like I said, this is just the beginning conversation because we're going to see you guys on fireside. I'm gonna ask you guys one follow-up question. If you think about your moves through the last few years, what is kind of along uh, Dina's line of the, the nice notes, what would you say is the accomplishment that you are most proud of in this moment? And I'm going to give you guys a couple of seconds <laughs> and then I'm going to call on somebody. <laughs> so it's going to be the thing that you are most proud of that you have accomplished. So I'm going to start with, so see, I'm trying to see who's looking at me. So I'm going to start, I'll start with you Alita because you're in the corner. It's like, it's
2: like in in math class, calculus class, don't look at the teacher. Don't right.
0: The teacher. <laughs> don't make eye contact. Don't look <laughs> at it. <him>, right.
2: <laughs> if, if if you, if you, um, if you're talking the last few years, mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things that that I'm most proud of is my previous role. We did a complete reorg. Mm. Uh, and we restructured it. We've we changed. We made some like general managers that had instead of having functional teams, mm-hmm. um, so you had your technical team, you had your marketing and sales team. It, it, I was responsible for the whole business, so I was responsible for automotive, technical, and everything else.
1: Right,
2: and and it was. And I still believe it may still be, but it it was the most diverse team from a gender, from a race um, perspective. And it was it was just such a good working team.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, we, we were able to, through some team development and some working together and setting norms and expectations and starting to trust each other to really start rocking and rolling, right? Mm-hmm. And, and moving forward. And I knew that, and I knew that we were going in the right direction. And this is something that, that kind of um, Dina helped me with mm-hmm. is my own personal struggle and balance between, okay, Alita, you said you wanted to have an inclusive team and you wanted to make sure it was diverse and you had mm-hmm. a lot of different opinions, but then you can't force the conversation. you can't say, okay, we're just gonna do it this way. If you truly embrace inclusion and diversity, it might take a little more time. It's going to take a little yeah. more effort. You're going to have to manage some stuff. Um, and, and for that, for me, it was not only seeing the team grow, yeah. but in a way, and I would say, Dina, with your support and coaching, my own self kind of evolve mm-hmm. and, and figure out, okay, if I'm going to embrace this, and if I really believe in it, then I need to start acting like it, to what you said, Lanier, you know, it's the behaviors that really matter. Yeah. I would say that for me was, that for me was a, a cool journey. That was a really cool journey. I
0: love that. I love mm-hmm. that. That challenge. And, and I think what's important in that too, Alita, that you're telling people is, you know, no matter how long your career is, so all you early career people, you got a long trajectory. Don't, don't, it is not over tomorrow, right? you got a long trajectory. And as long as you are open and willing to continuously improve and continue to learn, yep. there are no boundaries, right? There are no boundaries for where you can go. And, and that's, that's amazing. Thank
1: you, Alita, for that. Mm-hmm. Dina? And thanks Alita for the comments. Um, You know, I I was thinking about, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction, but it's still something I'm proud of. And it's continuing to evolve. My dad used to tell me, don't kill yourself working because they will replace you. (laughs) So I, and I, I always wanted to, this was, I'm a single parent. Um, My son is now in college, but he was not even close to college when I met you all. Mm -hmm. And I had my own dreams and goals in terms of what I wanted to do, trying to balance the household. There's financial concerns with Mm -hmm. all of that. Family concerns, lost my mom during that time. So the juggle of Mm -hmm. all of those things, but literally still being upright, still having an authentic smile and being able to look back and see how all those things have evolved, I'm really proud of. And I'm using that momentum because all of you literally helped me go through that as well. And you, for each of those balls in the air, but they're still in the air and those are still evolving. So I'm just, I would just say it's really important that not only do you uh, make sure you know what your balance is, whether it's work-life balance or your, but you don't give up on your own goals because one area gets a little harder or there's a pivot in something else. You you rely on your posse to keep you inspired and moving forward mm-hmm. and you keep pushing. And I can't wait to see what the next couple of years look like so I can look back mm-hmm. and hopefully all those balls are still in the air. Yeah. So it's the balance and, and the evolution, I'll say of all those things.
0: I love that. Yeah, don't don't stop where you want to be. You know, you know, I came close a
1: couple of times.
0: Right. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, you did. (laughs) But it's seasons, right? It's about seasons. And there are going to be seasons when you have to focus someplace that you may not want to at the moment. But as long as you make sure that you still have yourself somewhere in the mix, don't don't lose that. Don't lose that. And it's easy to do so. It's easy to do so. Okay, Lanier, you're up.
3: Okay. well, I would say there's a lot. Uh, you know, have to think that question is tough, but I would say the, the role that I'm in now, and again, it's because of all the things that I learned, and in particular, the time that we spent together, I find myself often, you know, quoting and referencing the things that we went through together, mm-hmm. that, um, and, and you, you spoke most recently that even though I accepted a regional role, I'm leading um, the global future of work and new norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I am now, and I never saw myself leading um, global culture change. That is near and dear. Everybody you talk to, everyone you talk to, that's the thing at every company is a future of work, and it's it's a huge responsibility. I feel it. I feel it every day. And in fact, um, tomorrow morning, my first meeting at um, five o'clock in the morning is if y'all and y'all know me, y'all know I don't right. do five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> camera ready 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, but, um, it's, uh, we're kicking off a tiger team, um, to explore engagement as a part of that. Never thought I would be doing that kind of work, but it also allows me to explore things that are near and dear, you know, to, um, our employees, um, globally. I, I, I co-sponsor with, you know, um, one of our executive, uh, um, um, Executive committee members, I, I co-chair, she, um, which is our, you know our women's uh, mm-hmm. group, um, women as partners, and so we have you know a huge International Women's Day um, this week. So all these things that you know I, I'm doing at a global level that I never saw myself um, doing. Um, so and then touching the community and the the HBCUs and. And even that um, the way we um, specifically um, are uh, trying to make a difference in the Black community specifically, Mm -hmm. Um, and our Juneteenth, um, um, and and we don't even really call them celebrations, we say, you you know, um, conversations and dialogues that Mm -hmm. matter, and um, just all these things that I'm just super, super proud of the the kind of work that I never saw myself doing just a few years ago, a few short years ago. So, so Lanier,
2: can I say one thing? Yeah. Yes. And 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 Laurel and, and Dina, I think you know you have a posse when the posse already knows that you're going to get the role. Yes. So when you sit here and say, I would have never thought I'd be doing the global stuff. I already knew you was going to be global head of HR, right? Yes. I mean, we already knew you were going to be rocking some global company with me and I, with the boots on at the plant. Yes. And, doing this. And, 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 and come on all, when, when, um, when Laurel said she was starting her podcast and her radio yeah. show, we knew she was going to be the next Oprah. So, it, so for me, that that's the posse, Right. Yes. When the posse looks at you and says, of course, we knew you were going to do this. It's, we're not excited. Mm-hmm. We knew you were going to make it. I think that's what the celebration is all about. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking, I'm like, of course I knew you was going to be doing it. <laughs> uh, duh. Yeah. So you know, Demi, you know, you were thinking the same thing. And so was <laughs> of course we knew you was going to be doing it. Yes. <laughs> well, but, and I think that's, that's
0: that power, right? I mean, I, that's the reason I call this. I never would have made it without you. Right. And oh. why your corporate posse is so yeah. important. It's the people who lift you up and believe in you. Even when you don't, they see what you can't because you're buried in it right? And they see what you can't, that's good. And they see what you can't, that may need a little bit of adjustment. Cause we do have those times when yeah. you might yeah. not want to quite say it like that. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Let's talk about that before you have that meeting. Right. And, and that's, that's important because there are times when you're ready to say what's on your face and that might not be the right thing. Now, the other power of this posse and why I wanted you to meet these amazing women is that it is, I, I don't take it lightly, the challenge of finding people that you can trust in an organization. It is not easy, but it is so worth it. And it is so necessary because corporate America is, is not easy and it can be highly toxic there are some amazing organizations. There just are some incredible organizations. But the reality is many of them are there for shareholders. There's a reason we started talking about shareholders as opposed to stakeholders. Yeah. And when that move happened, the individual became much less important than the bottom line. And so I encourage you, I encourage you wholeheartedly to work really hard to find those genuine Relationships. As you heard through this conversation, each of us not only gives, but receives so much from the other. It is a relationship. It is not a one-way street. And so work hard, really find, pay attention, be open, find those folks that you can have those conversations with, find those venting partners, find the people you can trust because in order for you to get where you want to be, yes, you have to have supporters and yes, you have to have sponsors and advocates and mentors and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, if you wanna make it and you wanna stay there, what you need is a posse. That's what you need. Ladies, y'all are awesome. Y'all are just awesome. And I am so blessed to have you as my corporate posse. I just love you guys so much. And so we are going to see you guys on Fireside Thank you so much for listening to The Rutledge Perspective again this week. I do not take any of that for granted either. I am so highly blessed and humbled that you would take the opportunity to spend some time with me and to listen to what I have to say and to listen to my incredible guests. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please send those DM, go to the website and see the video of these amazing women, and we will catch you next week. Take care. Bye. Uh you have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on social media at Laurel k. Rutledge and or the Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.